Well, hello, and welcome to the Perspective Podcast, where we explore money through a spiritual lens. I'm Elle, a certified financial planner and a witchy old soul who just so happens to be going through a spiritual awakening myself. I launched this podcast to provide practical tips for stepping into your own wealth, purpose, and sovereignty as you navigate your own spiritual awakening. I lean on my own experiences in finance to look at money through the lens of energy, spirituality, science, and intuition. You'll gain financial knowledge to step into your soul's highest purpose and prosperity through a combination of episodes focused purely on financial terms, but also we'll explore a variety of spiritual topics as they relate to your money and wealth. If you're ready to step into ease and flow in your financial life and let that ripple across every single aspect of your life, stay tuned. All right, guys, I told you it was a wild story, and I'm sure you can agree. You may have never met anyone like Iris, but I'm sure you won't forget this conversation either. So one really quick cool thing about her, too, is that she had her newborn nursing on her chest the entire time we spoke, and I never heard a peep. So it was really beautiful to have him be a part of the conversation as well. And um, I hope that you check out the work that she's doing. I plan to enroll myself in the Money Reiki program just to learn more for myself and my clients. So with that said, if you enjoyed this podcast episode, I would love a review, a like, a share, a subscribe, especially a review on Apple Podcasts, because as you know, I'm one in a million. I would love to share this wisdom with more people who need it. I have not met a woman who doesn't need this medicine. I have not met a woman who doesn't need to know more about financial stuff. So I think this really can benefit anyone who is open and going through an awakening themselves. So please, please share, like, subscribe, check out my Instagram, and I will also post the new YouTube channel in the show notes if you'd like to see what my guests look like. Catch you later. My story is a little crazy, actually. You know, it's interesting because uh, my mom is a very natural psychic. Um, she's been awake since I can remember. But her gifts are um, prophecy. She can see doom actually coming before it happens. And so she got really terrified of her gifts and shut them down. But what's most interesting about my story is that I'm actually a walk-in. <laughs> so the consciousness that was in this body before me left. And I can recall watching over this body when she was conceived and also in early childhood. So what happened more or less is that when she was like 11, she decided to walk out. And I remember actually walking into the body and like coming into this body and being like, yeah, holy fuck, I made a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Because it felt like I was imprisoned in this body. And I like looked around, even when I look around at walls, sometimes I think about that moment that I walked in because I remember like looking at the house I grew up in and thinking like, oh my God, this place is a prison. And like looking at the people around me and thinking like, wow, these people have thoughts of their own. Like they can't hear my dialogue Mm -hmm. Uh, because before coming into the body, like when you're not in a body, you can hear everyone. Like Mm -hmm. you don't talk with words, you have like frequencies, right? And so when I got into the body, 
I was a little bit flabbergasted that I had to like actually use my mouth, if you will, to talk to people. So I walked in when I was 12 and it was from that moment, it was like 11 or 12. Um, from that moment on, I was basically just trying to keep my remembrance mm-hmm. of where I came from because it's so hard, like once you incarnate into a body to like really remember that stuff. And that's like the, the most interesting thing about dealing with children. You know, you see that in kids a lot mm-hmm. as they come into this world, they have so much remembrance of their like past lives and where they came from and like choosing you as their parents. And, and then they forget because they just get farther and farther away from the source. So um, that was a really big piece of my awakening because of course, like I walked in from this from being like the guardian of this body to now being in the body. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, I had been just trying to make meaning of my life. Um, I studied religions as a young child. Um, I grew up in a, I grew up in the Christian church, not so much like my family was into it, but I, um, I went to school at a Christian, uh, a Christian church. And so I studied like, the, you know, as much as they tell you about Jesus, basically, mm-hmm. at the time. And when I walked in, I started studying a lot more about Hinduism and Buddhism and Catholicism and Judaism. And I really started to just like find my path. And it led me into um, kind of a mix of Buddhism and Hinduism. It was like the easiest thing that I could connect to because. You know, they don't tell you the occult sciences behind Yeshua. They tell mm-hmm. you Jesus is basically the, don't blasphemize me, God, but like the 30-year-old <laughs> virgin, more or less. Right, right. Who's performing the miracles, right? And uh, I really, you know, did my best to keep remembering. And I, I more or less, you know, focused on meditation and prayer and really remembering God for who God was, not for who God was told to me as. Um, And that just led me down a wild path of um, Reiki. Um, I became a Reiki master, I think at, I think I was 20, 21 or 22 maybe. Mm -hmm. And I knew then that my whole life was just gonna be revolved around all this stuff because I became a Reiki master and it was like everything had clicked into place. So did you really like identify with, I mean, since you had that remembrance, I assume like your high school years and, you know, the the time was different for you than like someone who hasn't been awakened yet. Like you were already fairly aware. So like, did your path look different than most people in that respect? Did your family accept kind of what you were into or was there ever a period where you like rebelled or forgot about this or like I'm just curious you know because I've never interviewed someone who has had this experience of being a walk-in so I'm just really interested it's pretty fascinating Um, forgetting and remembrance and rebellion all dances together Mm -hmm. because I didn't have words for being a walk-in when I was a Mm walk-in I literally just thought I awoke like I literally thought that my brain had just turned on Mm-hmm. And um, as I got farther away from that walk-in stage, I started to really forget about where I came from. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
you know, high school was really weird, actually. It's funny you ask about that because I got myself involved in a very abusive relationship when I was in high school. And um, I became like a really different person, like a very negative and mean person. And uh, more, than, more than that though, I remember like walking around in high school and just thinking that everyone was really like dumb. <laughs> And in the sense that they were just really unconscious about their actions. And then when I got involved, you know, with that abusive relationship, I got really dumb and unconscious with my actions because I was trying to survive abuse. Mm -hmm. That actually taught me a really powerful lesson on what happens when people are mistreated Mm -hmm. um, because their consciousness is just literally trying to survive. So it builds a fortress around who it truly is. Um, So it's funny you ask that, but I did... I didn't rebel. Um, my my dad uh, was a cop for over twenty years, and um, although he was pretty open with what I I liked, he wanted me to sit to fit in like a, a certain standard. You know, I had to be a woman. My hair couldn't be anything crazy. I couldn't dye my hair. Piercings were an absolute absolute no. Um, And finding yourself like, you know, when you have no words for who you truly are is really discouraging when you can't explore who you are. Um, So I did dance with rebellion a lot in high school. During that time, I was just trying to like really recall who I was, although I was really supported in my like mystical arts. Mm -hmm. Um, my dad really supported me down the Buddhist path because I came out and I was like, I'm a Buddhist. And he was like, okay, but Buddhists don't eat meat. And I was like, that's not true. (laughs) So we would like debates about this stuff when I was in high school. And that actually really taught me a lot just about even standing up for what I was developing myself in. Um, because if he hadn't have challenged me when I would come into what I was coming into, I feel like I wouldn't be able to be here and stand up for myself, but he, he was supportive and also, like I said, limiting at the same time. It was really interesting. Like what a dance it is. Well, it's interesting that he was, I mean, most people's parents aren't that supportive of that past. So it's interesting that you kind of incarnated into that family that at least was allowing you to explore those interests and push you along the path and did um with through Reiki did you take like live classes were you self-taught how did you kind of go down this path of where you are today and healing um because obviously I mean you, you obviously carry a lot of knowledge within yourself already so how much external influence kind of came into the picture so I actually met my Reiki master um at a psychic fair on a mountain in Phoenix, literally. Mm-hmm. And um, when I met her, I knew instantly she was my teacher. And uh, when I took her class after level one, I literally walked away. And I'll tell you the truth. I was like, I wasted my money. <laughs> <laughs> but you weren't impressed. <laughs> wasn't. I was like, I literally just spent like $400 and I wasted my money. And after that moment, I was like, I can't believe I just spent all that money. And this is something that I remember. 
because I I had like I'd already recalled those like soul gifts into my mm -hmm. my life but I didn't have any word words for them which is why I ended up doing Reiki because I could like walk up to a tree and I could close my eyes and I could feel what that tree had been absorbing mm -hmm. especially like a tree that was like in a hospital or mm -hmm. um near like certain businesses I could really feel like the energy that it was holding for that place and so level one to me was like so boring <laughs> to beginner right <laughs> yeah it was like i already know this shit. come on uh -huh. teach me something else and after three months of integrating level one i got knocked on my ass and um i had awakened to a part of myself that i didn't know was existing in the shadows and it was in that moment that I was like, I did not waste my money. I needed that experience. Mm -hmm. Like I actually needed to go through the egoic like mm -hmm. phase of saying that I already knew this and I could be arrogant and what was I doing? And um, then I had to go through the integration phase of awakening to my own drama, my own like addiction to drama within my soul. And it was in that moment that I was like, oh my God, like, I really chose my Reiki master for a certain reason, um, because at that point, like I could kind of call her and talk to her about some of this stuff. And um, eventually I would go on to wait a year to do level two and level three, but I did level two and level three with her back to back um, because I just felt absolutely ready to. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I will say like, my arrogance and my ego was like, yeah, I already knew this stuff, but I really <laughs> like, I didn't on what I needed to know in this lifetime. So at least my experience has been like, sometimes you want to bypass the, the stuff you think you already know, or that that's not important to get to like the more exciting, like other realms and, you know, all the fancy stuff out there when you kind of got to integrate through the body. And I did the same thing. I was like, in my head, in my own little world as a child, always like just leaving my body, not realizing that's what I was doing. And then kind of all came crashing down on me when I realized like, I can't live there all the time. I got to figure out how to deal with all this here, you know? So yeah. it sounds like that's what you were doing is figuring out the human body, integrating all of that through. Yeah. I mean, because being in a human body is like being in a prison in some ways. Like, um, I don't necessarily feel that as truth anymore. But in the first, like, mm, I would say the first 10 years, so around 22 or so, um, I thought that being in a human body was really like being trapped on a prison. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought that was really ironic because my dad was a cop and I had known so much about prison, you know, mm -hmm. like I had seen the prison. I had touched, you know, bars of a jail cell and I'd seen prisoners and I just thought it was like really ironic that I felt that way about being in a body. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like it is so easy for us to think like, oh, we can just bypass all this stuff. Like we don't need this. We don't need a teacher. We don't need like, <laughs> we don't need someone to tell us what we're doing because we can do it already. But even as a, uh, even as a walk-in with like these soul gifts that I had in the back of my, my consciousness, I still needed someone to flesh them out for me as everyone does, because like, um, the only difference between me being a walk-in and me being, or you being you who was born in the body is the fact that I just came in later. 
right? <laughs> you still state. have to learn how to live on the planet and be a human, right? right. <laughs> right. And I feel like it's almost like, it's almost harder sometimes as a walk-in because you don't have those infancy stages where you are stuck being held and carried by someone else and, and learning your own body. You're just literally mm -hmm. thrown in this body and then you're like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it has to be difficult. I'm sure it is more difficult than just being born into a body. Wow. That's a really interesting, it's fascinating to me. So, I mean, yeah, really interesting story. This is why I have everyone tell their story because everyone's is so different. Um, super interesting. So, um, so tell me a little more about like the work that, how did you get into work you're doing now um, from where you first started with Reiki? Because it is such a niche. And for those of you who don't know, I'll let Iris explained what she does um, since we didn't start out with that. <laughs> um, well, how would I describe what I do? Hmm. I really feel like my work is centered around helping people live wealthier lives on all levels, like mind, body, spirit, which includes financially, emotionally, spiritually, and really understanding just like the energetics of wealth consciousness. Um, and I did not choose this. I will, well, not consciously, I should say. I didn't choose this on a conscious level. Um, I actually started this journey as a journey of my own soul mm -hmm. um, because uh, I started my business back in 2017 and just like, totally ran away from myself. Um, I had people paying me to do uh, readings. At the time I was doing tarot and palmistry. Mm -hmm. And um, I was so freaked out about like receiving money for my readings that I just abandoned it. <laughs> Cause like I couldn't handle it. I didn't but know. Your nervous it. system couldn't handle getting paid for your, for your gifts. Yeah. Sounds like it was awful. Wow. Um, so what were you doing for money then? Just <laughs> so I mean, actually, a valid question, right? Like <laughs> I followed my other pursuit and I went into the cannabis industry oh. and I started growing. Um, well, actually, first I started working at a dispensary as a bud tender mm -hmm. and eventually I would go on to manage a grow operation. Um, and so I, I followed that pursuit because it was like, it was kind of like the other thing that I was interested in was like growing cannabis and being part of that medicine. I knew at 15 years old, I was going to be like involved in cannabis. I watched like MTV's like true life. <laughs> it was that what it's called or like um, MTV's like true life something. And it was like, I grow cannabis. And when I saw this man growing his plants, I was like, that's going to be me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I went on to grow. And while I was growing cannabis again, I finished my Reiki stuff. And then I started meeting like all these Reiki people and that, that literally would like Reiki their plants, like their cannabis plants. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hmm, so maybe this is like a little more intertwined that I can, you know, than I can see with my consciousness. And so I just, I just started following that a little bit more and opening myself up again, back to my gifts. Um, so I started you know, doing uh, sound healings and tarot readings. And I just started to offer it out there without the expectation of someone paying me for my work. Mm -hmm. um, and, 
And I continued that until 2020 when the pandemic happened mm -hmm. and I lost my job. I was like in my apartment, my little studio apartment that was the size of a shoebox. <laughs> and I just started channeling like pretty much all my Reiki. I would just go into the cosmos. Like literally, it's so funny to say that. I would just like be in a meditative state and I would go up into the cosmos and I would just say, what's our messages for the collective today? And then I'd open my eyes and just start writing. And I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And I, that's really how I launched my business. Wow. <laughs> that sounds so funny to say that. So you started social media or YouTube or what, where kind of whatever, and just started channeling that information. And then clients started coming in. Yes. Clients started coming in. They started messaging me and asking me like how they could pay me for my time. And again, all those feelings came back like, oh my God, what if I'm sending people the wrong information? What if I'm not doing anything? What if I'm taking money and it's out of alignment? It's out of integrity. I started having all those feelings of self-doubt and um, low self-worth. Um, and I remember I was like laying in bed one night channeling, just like my higher self, I guess, more than anything. And this message dropped in. And the message was, is if you are praying to the divine, you can never deliver a bad or wrong message to those who are working with you. And I was like, hmm, okay. There's your answer. <laughs> okay. So that was step one. Step two was figuring out how to get more comfortable taking money. <laughs> and so you had to work on that yourself before you could teach it to other people, obviously. Yeah, definitely. And um, what happened in the pandemic was that I actually moved across country and moved in with my partner now. And he had the complete opposite ideology around money. Like this man would spend his money and not think anything of it. I watched him spend a thousand dollars on books for his schooling, mm -hmm. no thought. And I was like, oh my God, I'd be having an anxiety attack. I would feel so awkward. And I wanted to really get where he was mm -hmm. because I wanted his level of trust and commitment to the divine and the divine really funding him in that way. And so I just started reading books. <laughs> really as funny as that sounds. I started reading books and I just started to learn a lot about my money mindset. And I started to recall a lot of where my programming came from money. And I just started to sit in the medicine of like, well, how did my dad spend money? How did my mom spend money? How did my family treat money? What are the things that I heard about money? And I just started to kind of unravel a lot of those things. And um, I really just started to open up to what my soul was holding inside of itself about money. And I then, I then went a little bit deeper into like my other lifetimes and where my other lifetimes were holding truths about money. Mm -hmm. um, I, <laughs> as funny as this might sound, in my last lifetime, I was a really wealthy woman who was murdered basically um, because I couldn't be held down by another person mm -hmm. and they stole my life force because of that. I basically told them like, it was a partner. It was a love. It was, it was a marriage. I got into a marriage and this man was not treating me well and I had all the money. Mm -hmm. So I said, basically like, 
because I, I saw this in a past life regression. Um, I basically told this man, like, I can't, you know, I'm leaving and I'm taking all my stuff with me. And he murdered me right then and there. So I literally had to <laughs> create an imprint in your current self for sure. Yeah. That trauma. Yeah. Well, that so maybe, but you couldn't hold money for that reason, you know, or you yes. had a receiving wound or, you know. Yeah. Lost. If I, if I had money and status, then I would be unsafe. It wouldn't be like, okay for me to be around other people. So um, I had to actually collect those soul pieces when I lived in New England. That's where I had the regression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I let that like memory come back up and really like work through that wound of that woman who had experienced that. Cause she was also a woman in New England, mm-hmm. which was again, not really a common thing. Women didn't hold like that kind of status at that time. Mm-hmm. So Um, I just began really doing my work there. And I also started to learn about money Reiki, which was such a unique thing. Um, because I, I just knew that on a, on an energetic level, there was something that was deeper than what we saw money as, you know, all these people can make money in all these different ways, but we're only thinking about money, about, you know, going to a nine to five, unless you've been taught otherwise. And so I just really started learning about, you know, the energetics of money and money Reiki and doing all this work and also being vibrationally connected to it. That was another really important thing that I had to like come into contact with was like, well, I'm talking to money as if it's like a dirty, a dirty rag if you will like oh get it get it out of my sight you know then how can I ever work with it how can I teach you know how can I accept clients with it so you so basically just so people know um so you go in you basically you work on your relationship with money like money itself has an energetic imprint um and you go in and kind of learn learn about it based on your childhood and your own money story, but also from looking back at many lives, looking back at your ancestry, there's so many different things that go into our own like subconscious patterning money. Mm -hmm. So Reiki, can you just define that for people, for my listeners, since um, we should have already, but like, can you just, I mean, and that may be hard for you to define, but can you kind of explain what, what money Reiki is just for people who don't know? So if we define Reiki as life force energy, we can break that, break that down. Um, Reiki is literally everything in the life, in the universe. Like it's so nebulous to talk about. Um, so we consider Reiki to be like the, the force that drives your cellular body. Um, it's the stuff that, you know, pumps your blood through your cells or, or you know, through your arteries, through your veins. Um, it's the driving force that makes, you know, plants grow. So Reiki is inherent in all of our beings. And money Reiki is literally <laughs> working with like the spiritual vibration of money um, or the spiritual life force of money, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so money Reiki, if we broke it down, is really like working with your finances on an energetic level. And um, money Reiki, I feel like is really... It's really about money, but it's a lot deeper than that. Again, it goes into all those different layers because you can have your current energetic level to money, 
um, your tribal energetic to money, which includes, you know, all the people that you have around you and the culture that you've, you've lived in. Mm -hmm. And also then the spiritual vibration of money. Mm -hmm. So it really works on all those levels. Wow. So interesting. So, and do you work with angels, gods, goddesses, (laughs) other entities in your work as well? Or I was going to ask, is it just you and the client or are you bringing in a lot of other outside help when you do work with clients? So money Reiki from the traditional standpoint, and I say traditional, this was channeled in 2005. It's almost 20 years old now that I think about it. But um, so when it was channeled, it was channeled that there are money devas or money angels, um, but like the head honcho of money Reiki would be Archangel Raphael because of his mm-hmm. um, healing powers, basically his, his ability to really work with all healers on that stuff. But if we look at multiple cultures, we find that every culture has at least one money deity. Mm-hmm. So like Lakshmi would be one. Um, the golden Terra would be another one. Um, I'm trying to think who do we have in Christianity and Catholicism. I know there's some, but I can't think of who they are specifically. Um, there's so many saints, you know, there's like so many saints <laughs> that you could call upon to, if you were, you know, a Christian in, in Orient, um, you could call upon those saints and work with them. But it's actually very unique and individual to who my clients are and who my students are actually in class Mm -hmm. so this last money reiki class we did we had a lot of star family present okay um which is really interesting i've never had a class where all the star family was like we're here (laughs) (laughs) every class is different depending on who's in your class that's definitely interesting okay So level one of money Reiki is really about getting to know your signature around money and like becoming friends with money, like learning about the spiritual vibration of money Mm -hmm. and the energetics that kind of balance it out. Level two is really about taking it to the next phase in which you can start, um, you can really start enhancing what you're doing with money Reiki in the sense of like, okay, now you're friends with your money signature. So let's start doing affirmation work with money and manifestation work with money and clearing work with money. Mm -hmm. You do that in level one, but level two gives you a symbol for that, that really like kicks it up a notch. Okay. And then level three um, is really about taking the oath to do the dharmic work with money mm-hmm. and really doing that for like the planetary sphere. Um, when I talk about money Reiki a lot, I do talk about how becoming a money Reiki practitioner is doing this for the work or for the world, excuse me. Um, but it's not in level, it's not until like level three that you kind of take like that oath with the universe that you are doing this work to help the betterment of all beings on this planet. So 
um, that's kind of the breakdown of the levels of money making. Awesome. Thank you. That- Wow. Fascinating. Well, I know there's, I really haven't met anyone who works with money the way that you do, which is why I wanted to have you on. You can pick your brain because it's just so interesting. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to take your, your class. I'm super familiar with Raphael um, and working with him a lot. So it'd be interesting to see who comes through, but, right. um, but just for my clients and for people that find this podcast, because there's so many, so many modalities, there's so many ways to work with your subconscious. And I think different things resonate with different people. And I know there are people that like, hate labels and don't want to call it Reiki or, you know, shy away from that. And there are people that are very religious and aren't interested in working with certain deities, but then there are people who I think will resonate with us a lot, um, myself included, you know, and everybody works in different ways. But um, so when you're doing, so I know you're doing money Reiki. What else? I know you, you have a ton of offerings. I was on your website. I was like, Oh my gosh, like, I don't even know where to start. We have so much to talk about, but it's all related. It all goes back to the same you know, repatterning that you're doing, um, on the subconscious level, really. Right. Yes. <laughs> Everything is driven by the source. Yep. So I will literally like be in meditation and source is like this okay. and I, I follow it. Um, <laughs> cause I mean, I would think, wow, this person, like she's really busy. I mean, you have a lot of offerings. I'm like, wow, like she must not sleep and she has a baby. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So really it's not you that's coming up with all of this. It's spirit Mm -hmm. saying, Hey, this needs to happen. And the clients are obviously coming in for you as well. Right. So that's amazing. So it's actually really interesting because my, my most recent offer, I was in meditation and spirit said, what did they, what did spirit say? Um, quantum wealth activation. And I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, what do you mean quantum wealth activation? And they were like, well, (laughs) I was like, oh boy, this is going to be a good one. If I got wealth, spirit literally dropped this in and was like, well, there's going to be light language. You have to be doing Reiki. There's going to be star family involved. Um, you're going to work on these specific chakras and this is your price. And I was like, oh my goodness, like this sounds really crazy. I don't know if I can convince anyone to do um, a a quantum wealth activation session with me. Mm -hmm. And then out of the blue, like one week later, I had someone reach out to me and she said, I'd like to do the 90 minute session that you offer around money. And I had not put out the quantum wealth activation at all at that time. It was a 90 minute session. And when she got into the session and we sat down together, I said, how did you know about this session? She goes, isn't this what you always offer? I said, no, spirit (laughs) literally just downloaded this to be offered a week ago. So how how really about this? Yeah. That's Yeah, she just said that she thought that it was what I had been doing the whole time. <laughs> oh wow, that's super interesting. So mm-hmm. really, that's that's amazing. I I'm so like new to this living that way, you know, being led by source because I've been in this old paradigm, working nine to five, financial planner, you know, all of that, and so it's super interesting for me to hear how just how you live in flow, you know, you're literally living with spirit telling you, Hey, do this. Hey, do that. That's just, I mean, I think most of us would aspire to be able to live that way. So I'm super in awe of that. Um, we really need your skills though, you know? Yeah. And and that's the other thing is you got to have both sides of the coin. And that's what I was going to ask you about with, 
obviously it sounds like you have amazing results with your clients um, and, and they're able to then take what they do with you and turn it into action and then actually build the wealth. And are you seeing those results or are they also still needing the support on the action side? Cause that's, I'm a little bit more on that side, right. Of like helping them take the action. Um, and I tend to refer them to people like you, you know, to people, right. to the healers and say, Hey, look, you need to work on this before you go out and try to make the money, you know? Right. So, so that's, that's like, there's two sides to that question. Mm-hmm. Or I should say the answer. Um, there's two, two sides to that answer. The first side is, is that I see quantum leaps in people always when they do this work. The other side is it also depends on their energy still. Mm-hmm. Like if they come do one session and that's it and I don't hear from them, um, you know, sometimes there's still a little more work that they have to do within themselves. Um, and I've seen, you know, I've seen certain people come in and just magic happens. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like whoop, aligned and forward. Mm-hmm. But the really wonderful thing about money raking is, is that it's not just an energy. It's also an action step because the thing that I teach a lot in money Reiki is like, you can't just come in here and be money Reiki and you're healed. Like, okay, everything's good. Now you have to take the step. And sometimes that means going to the financial planner. Sometimes that means finding your tax person. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that means going to debt relief counseling. Mm -hmm. And so it really kind of depends on where like the soul of that person is. But I can't always say I see quantum leaps in people when they do this work. Mm -hmm. Like if they take this work seriously and decide that they're going to do it, I've seen amazing results. Like um, people starting businesses out of thin air like spirit just comes to them and they're like whoa I have this business idea all of a sudden and I'm going forward with this or I see people like I had one client when I first started offering this work I had one client come to me and um she just felt like she was at a dead end at her job and this session moved something inside of like her throat that she could go and actually talk to her boss and say, yeah, this isn't working. And literally within five days, she found a much more aligned, higher paying job. You know, I've seen it happen like that. Um, I've even had people come to me to help finish something that they've been working on. And then they get it done after a couple of days of, you know, doing the session. So yes, I've seen it like really work um, on a quantum level, but also it really depends on how committed they are to their vision. I think that's a really huge part about doing this work, especially energetic work, is like you can't go into getting a session and thinking you can't like go and give them your power. Right. Like, please don't come to me and be like, okay, they they want you to heal them. And that's not the right energy. Yes. I see that a lot. Yeah. I want them to be committed to themselves Mm -hmm. so that when they come to me and I help them. They take what I have given them and then they triple it. Does that make sense? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I think, I mean, I see that a lot in the spiritual community. It's just like a form of bypass, really. It's like, um, that used to be me too, like thinking, cause I didn't have a mentor. I thought I'm right. gonna, I want someone else to fix me, you know, and I see that a lot. And so, yeah, I mean, that definitely resonates where you still have to do the work and, and the inner stuff to be able to see results. And that's I right. think, the biggest challenge. Like more, many more people would be embodied human beings manifesting their ideal lives 
they could just get out of their own way, right? Which is kind of what you teach and I teach. And we need more people out there talking about it because it's right. Like it's not as simple as, you know, the manifestation coaches out there make it to be like, just think positively or, you know, it's just. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing that I really talk about in Money Reiki too, is like, you can think positively as much as you'd like, but if your energy doesn't support those positive thoughts, it's not going to manifest. Exactly. And that's again, why I really encourage doing Money Reiki or Reiki in general, just because your energy has to be a foundation for those affirmations to stick. Otherwise they're not going to, and you're never going to see results. Right. So do you have a lot of, I assume you have a lot of repeat clients then, or like people that you work with on a long-term basis. Is that how you work as well? Okay. Yeah. I figured that. Um, I would say yes, point blank, first of all, but I also really encourage them to like go out on their own. Eventually. Right. Yeah. You're not trying to enable them, right? right. <laughs> with them for I usually always tell my clients, like, I want you to one day not need me. So like, I want to be able to give you all the tools that I can so that one day you're like, I don't need her anymore, <laughs> but at least come back and visit me every once in a while to tell me you're doing okay. So I, I really think about my clients and I really care about my students as well. I take that role very seriously. Mm -hmm. So I would say that, yes, I, I usually work with people for a more long-term scale than anything. Cause I feel like, I feel like it's not like you go into the chiropractor or the massage therapist once and then you're fixed. You kind of have to go and like, you know, get the job done a few times. Well, it's also a financial commitment. And that's something else that I think people struggle with. Like you said, your boyfriend, it was so easy for him to spend that money. But I think women, especially put ourselves last we're like the martyr we want to you know take care of everybody else and then the thought of spending money on a coach or a mentor or on yourself in this way is just really really foreign you know or it's like oh that's too expensive um when you know you'll drop a few hundred bucks on clothes but not on yourself for healing you know i'm like well one's going to pay off more than the other so i think there's like a mindset just a reframe that needs to happen in the collective with that. And I think, I mean, you talk about the new earth a lot and, you know, kind of the new paradigm on social media. I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts on where we're going with that, like financially, because I feel like things are just kind of like whew, falling quickly. Um, and you do talk about it a lot. So where do you see us going? Like, I, I, I feel like we're moving into this time where we're going to see so much more entrepreneurship, but also like community-based collaboration you know, um, and away from big, large corporations and profits over people. I don't know your thoughts on that, but I'd love to hear. I would agree. Yeah. Um, I definitely feel, well, yeah, I think that the term, the great resignation is going around a lot right now, but, mm -hmm. um, I do really feel like we are on the great resignation. Um, but I think that's because of the more or less like the awakening that we're going through. Yeah. Um, we are definitely going from the Piscean group think to the Aquarian free thinker and individual, um, which I feel like sometimes when we think about the Aquarian individual, it's like, okay, we have to look at the whole picture. Like everyone's coming into their own so that we can be together. Mm -hmm. um, Aquarius is still ruled by Saturn. So we're still working with each other and being you know, connected to each other, but from a very individual way. So if we think about it on that terms, I feel like what's really happening is like, we're coming into this eye-opening awareness that 
stuff has just not been shifted in a very long time. I mean, if you even look like at the federal minimum wage, mm -hmm. um, what, it hasn't been updated in over 20 years, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I'd have to actually look at how many years it's been, but it's been a deplorably long time. Right. <laughs> and if we think about that, if we like, if each and every one of us, as those of us who are in America, sat down and thought about that, it would be pretty like a pretty eye-opening and awakening experience. Mm -hmm. Just to think that literally the federal minimum wage is still at 725. Yeah. You can barely buy a gallon of gas yeah. for that right yeah. now. Yeah, but and you can see that like mirrored across our society and every system, our education system, our healthcare system, right. our government. Like right. I do feel like all of those are going to have to change and morph and maybe even fall away here in the next, I don't Definitely. know how long, two years, one year, five years, 10 years, who knows how long it's going to take feel, happening. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like we're really moving away from other people having like the authority over us mm -hmm. to now thinking about what we believe is true mm -hmm. or what we believe is fair. I mean, even in the birthing community, you know, for 80 years, we've been birthing in hospitals. It's literally only been like 80 to 100 years that we've been birthing in hospitals. And I'm seeing a resurgence now of women that are wanting to birth at home and not have a doctor mm -hmm. over their head saying that, you know, this is going on. And maybe perhaps it's where I'm at because I'm, you know, I'm involved in that movement. But um, I feel like we're really coming to this understanding that some of those, well, a lot of those doctors, a lot of the people that are running the government, a lot of the people that are running these corporations, they don't give a shit about the individual. Right. And if they don't give a shit about the individual, then we have to take our power back from them. So in my, in my heart and in my, my mind, I feel like, you know, we're coming into this awareness that we have to stop funding these people and start funding the people who are truly connected to our hearts on an energetic level. Um, someone that I really appreciate is uh, Jilly from Water Priestess. And she talks a lot about how, you know, she's actually gone to Mexico to see where things are sourced from mm -hmm. so that she feels really good about buying them. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like we're starting to actually spend more time thinking about, well, where does Costco get the materials for that stuff? You know, where does that mom and pop shop get that stuff? And um, that's really encouraging that money mindfulness that we need. Um, and so to me, like the new earth uh, is going towards like entrepreneurialism and really uh, knowing like it's almost as if our consumerism is being led by the heart. Mm -hmm. Like I yeah, don't I know that. Definitely, I feel that and resonate with that. I see that a lot. I posted about that today, actually, ironically, on Instagram about local food, the importance of just even staying local and supporting your community. Yeah, I think it's changing pretty rapidly. And, you know, who knows what may happen to the supply chain on a global level? You know, it's good to always keep that in, in the back of your head, how fragile that is anyway. Like it's being held up by a lot of these systems that may fall. <laughs> Well, definitely. And again, I feel like I should, probably should tell my partner I'm more grateful for this now that I'm thinking about it. But my partner really like changed my mindset. Um, my partner 
has, um, he's like the canary in the coal mine when it comes to food in the sense that if there's any preservatives, if there's any food dye, if there's any like MSG, goes into an instant migraine. And um, it made me really mindful of the food that we purchased um, because now I became a, a label checker. I couldn't, I couldn't afford, pun intended, him going into a migraine. Um, he'd be down for two or three days, depending on the migraine. Mm-hmm. And so I would literally like go into the store and think, oh my God, half of this food is not even grown here. Like, mm-hmm. and half of this food is pretty much trash. Not even food. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just packaged like products. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I started making us go to the farmer's market every weekend. Mm -hmm. We could go to the grocery store for certain things like cheese and Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, like our favorite crackers. I totally love crackers. We love crackers. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it came to produce, I was like, let's stop buying from this place because this produce doesn't even look good and it's not even grown here. Mm -hmm. So we started going to the farmer's market and talking to our local farmers and really like honoring the food that had been grown in our community and really trying to give back to that. So I feel like it takes a little more time, but it's, it's almost as if your time is saving you something in the long run, because I feel like then, like when you take that time, you really honor that food. You really honor what you do. You're more present with what you're doing. I think we've gotten so far from, like we've gone into convenience just to to an extreme level in our society. I mean, if you look around at everything people are doing for entertainment and just like ordering, I think ordering food is great when you're, you have a newborn, you know, but at the same time, we have to do that for every single thing in our lives. You know, it kind of takes away from the presence and the slowness of just living. And I think we're kind of moving into a time where we've truly, like you said, value those things so much more and just kind of cut the fat, all the other consumerist, you know, bullshit like Amazon that we really don't need, you know, in our lives. So yeah, I totally agree. That's a huge topic too, because something that I'm realizing, like with a newborn, like people think that he's not growing fast enough. So they want me to give him formula and they like want me to supplement and do all this stuff rather than breastfeeding him. And as I'm sitting, you know, wherever I'm sitting breastfeeding him, all I can think is that we literally live so fast in the world that we don't even know how the world naturally functions. So, you know, what if his metabolism is just my partner's metabolism? Like my partner can eat and eat and eat, never gain any weight. He, I've never seen him gain weight in the whole like time we've been together Mm -hmm. and that man can eat. (laughs) So what if perhaps he just has that metabolism? What if it's not me or my breast milk, but what if that's the natural law of his body? Yeah. So I feel like we're addicted to being rushed around especially in the society where we're told like, well, you have to live a certain way and you have to make a certain amount of money. And if you don't do this, then you're really not a good part of society. And what's really interesting about all this stuff is that that's like a huge thing that I talk about in Money Reiki too, is like, um, and just with my work, my work with money in general, when I'm teaching this stuff, like in a course or through sessions with people is like, what is your money frequency? 
maybe perhaps you aren't going to be a millionaire because that's not your sole frequency with money. What if perhaps you want to live a slow and simple lifestyle where you make what's comfortable for you, but you always have the ability to make more, you know? I feel like we're pushed to be in a cookie cutter, like make X amount to X amount. If you make less than that, you're a bad part of society. If you make more than that, you're also a bad part of society. <laughs> so this little right. median circle, good, safe. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't go out of that. Absolutely. And it's it's changed through over the years, but it's always just this projection of where we think we have to be, which also then creates like dysregulation of the nervous system and worry when like you don't need to be worried about those things, you know, if you, you're on the right path for you. And I know from my perspective, starting a business. Like some people say, oh, well, you know, you need to be making X amount of money before you quit your job. Well, I just decided to quit cold turkey. I was like, screw it, you know? (laughs) So, and then obviously what actually made me question that wasn't my higher self or source. It was society telling me like, Hey, what are you doing? How are you making money? Like, what are you living on? Oh, you're living on savings, What you're not working. Like, you know, all of these projections, from our society that just come into play. So yeah, I think we're moving into a better time for sure. And um, yeah. yeah, I know our time is kind of wrapping up, but I just wanted to spend, let you spend a few minutes like sharing how people can get in contact with you um, and you know your website, all of that fun stuff, whatever you wanna share. Um, so I guess my best place is Instagram. I do a lot of my work on there. I do a lot of my channelings. Most of my posts are like channeling from mm-hmm whatever really wants to come through. I like to sit like in a soft meditative trance and really write what people need. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at two roses healing. Um, my website is two roses healing, uh, org. <laughs> I live in, uh, Northern California, but I spend a lot of time going down to San Diego. I have a client base down there that I really love okay. and appreciate, but, um, currently, Everything that I do, you can find online. Okay. Um, and I am, I'm looking forward to this next year because I'm like, I want to write a book. Oh, awesome. <laughs> spend a lot of time like creating more courses that people can take without my whole presence there. So mm-hmm. like online pre-recorded kind of stuff. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So this year um, I'm trying, not trying quantum languaging I am writing books this year (laughs) focus but this is my dharma so my focus other than my book is to write uh not write I'm gonna be teaching money reiki as much as I can spirits like really pushing me to do this money reiki stuff because I feel like uh we're in a paradigm shift right now and it can go one way or another so I need as many money reiki practitioners on this planet Mm-hmm. as can be excellent well thank you for sharing so much of your wisdom and your story I think it's just been super fascinating to hear how you work you know with spirit and source and your dharma it's just very very unique and it's fun seeing your sweet little baby so I know it's been a pleasure thanks for coming on All right, guys, I told you it was a wild story, and I'm sure you can agree. You may have never met anyone like Iris, but I'm sure you won't forget this conversation either. So one really quick cool thing about her, too, is that she had her newborn 
nursing on her chest the entire time we spoke and I never heard a peep. So it was really beautiful to have him be a part of the conversation as well. And um, I hope that you check out the work that she's doing. I plan to enroll myself in the Money Reiki program just to learn more for myself and my clients. So with that said, if you enjoyed this podcast episode, I would love a review, a like, a share, a subscribe, especially a review on Apple Podcasts, because as you know, I'm one in a million. I would love to share this wisdom with more people who need it. I have not met a woman who doesn't need this medicine. I have not met a woman who doesn't need to know more about financial stuff. So I think this really can benefit anyone who is open and going through an awakening themselves. So please, please share, like, subscribe, check out my Instagram, and I will also post the new YouTube channel in the show notes if you'd like to see what my guests look like. Catch you later. Mm-hmm.